Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Stay With Ray. I am your host, Spencer, along with the man, the myth, the local legend, Mr. Michael Ray. Hi, Mike. Sometimes, wish I was right now, but I left the motherfucking shit back at the car. So, what did we just do today, Mike? We just played around the golf. How'd it go? I only went nine holes because, fucking, my fat ass, because it's, it's wet out here, there's no carts allowed, so I could only go nine holes because I had to carry my own bag. Well, it's only a nine-hole course. We walked around with, with a split six-pack with appropriate ice to keep it cold. So that was added weight to the bag. So that's all I could do was nine holes. Yeah. But I shot 51, so. Pretty I, good. And we played out here at Sligo Creek Golf Course. You know, you and I are both sons of Silver Spring. We kept it live and local. It was a nice round. It was a nice round. Nice round. We played with a couple of good people. Yeah. And One and, person we didn't know, another person we did. And, you know, it was kind of fun. Not. I wasn't. I wasn't the worst golfer in the group. That that that's the shock the shit out of me. Well, you know, we I all had a good time. For the best round, yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I, I was pleasantly surprised at my game. I putted well in that chip club, which is what I used to do. You know, I just if I keep my if I just get off the tee if I'm playing for money, I just need to put the ball off the tee with a five on or some shit. Probably just get it in the fairway and work with it from there. That's right. Well, you and I met each other on a golf course. Sure did. And caddying at a golf course, we have quite a few stories. Oh, there's quite a few characters. Every a, caddy's there for a fucking reason. <laughs> Every golf course attracts, shall Weird we say... motherfuckers. Yes. <laughs> alternative individuals. There you go. Yeah. Weird motherfuckers. Motherfuckers hire for child support. Motherfuckers just don't want... Motherfuckers just in love with golf. Or, you know, or, or just straight lazy because... At the end of the day, if you caddy, you're only working half a day any goddamn way. So how many years How many years did you tote the bag? About 20. Yeah. So you saw a lot in those 20 years. I saw a lot. Met a lot. Of, there's, some, there's some things I've heard and witnessed on the golf course talking about racism and talking about overt, inverted. I mean, there's things like that. There's, there's, um, there's, there's this character's. Between the caddies and some of the members, because like the members of the places I've caddied at are just they're exclusive. It's like uh, like when like for instance, uh, I used to caddy these two guys played together all the time. I'm not gonna mention their names, but if you really do the research, you'll figure it out real easy. But when Obama bailed out GM, everybody complained. They were like, "What? If you bail them out and the same assholes are running the shit, what's the point?" So they went. They took a deep dive, as they said. And they decided to, to put somebody in charge. So the guy they put in charge, they grabbed from another company that, that did well. And they and, the, and the, the, the CEO of the company leased him out. I know the CEO of the company and the guy he leased out. So this one guy was in charge of GM when they did the restructuring and all that for about two years. And he lived in the D.C. area. And they used to fly him to, uh, to Detroit every Monday in the morning. And in Friday in the evening, and then he would play golf on Saturday morning with the with the guy with his boss, boss. Yeah, they 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 just like as a favor to President Obama. They just kind of like kind of you know charge him way. They paid him way less because he was still on salary from the other company. Yeah, they, it was kind of a favor kind of thing. Yep. And the, and the favor kind of thing kind of blew me because I maybe I'm wrong, but I think that the company was I think they had, I think they were Republican, but they did Obama the slide anyway. Because it was just the right thing to do. Yep. I, I was like, that was 
that was kind of shocking. Like I said, I don't want to mention the name of the company and, the, and companies and all that involved, but and the people involved. But um, you had a front row seat. I had a front row seat. Yeah. There was a dude one day that came back early. So it's early. It's early March. Or early. It's cold. It's kind of cold outside. So these two guys are are, are playing together on Serie One. So me and this guy named Mark Clark, right? Mark Clark was a sort of a foul piece of work. And I call, we called him, I started calling him the Bama. So everybody, all the other okay, we just called him the Bama. Now, a little story about Mark Clark. Mark Clark was kind of a bad looking individual. And he's a little older than me. So he graduated from high school in the like mid to late 70s. Mark Clark was number two in New Jersey in 100 and 200 meters. No shit. Yeah. And you know who was really? number one? Really? No, who's number one? Carl Lewis. So he's the second best. Yeah, so he's he's behind Carl Lewis. Olympic great. He's number two in New Jersey that year behind Carl Lewis. So he was an athlete, right? But he was just crazy, right? And I guess he has some problems with cracking. And he's just, he was incredible. Like I said, we, so we're caddying for these two guys. One of the guys, the CEO of the company, who loaned the other guy, is a certified billionaire, for real. Yeah. No doubt about it. He's a billionaire. The other guy is a good dude. So anyway, this dude, Mark Clark, he's living in the shelter for the winter. He's living in the shelter, and and he's about 6'2", about 2'10", or something, and he gets to some, some, some kind of scrap. And he's real gregarious and real loud and weird, and, you know, he, he's a funny dude. I used to hang with him. He's a, Makes he's, you look like a church mouse. Yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. He's, but anyway, he gets into a fight in the shelter, and, and he gets his jaw broke, and Mark got some fucked up ass teeth. So he got like pits and all that. So they wired his jaw shut. So we're out there caddying. You know, this is like maybe a month after, three weeks to a month after he got his jaw broke. So we're out there on a Saturday morning. It's kind of cold. And we're out there we're caddying. And uh, he's got one bag. I got one bag. And he's like, uh, I didn't see you, sir. What's the other? And he's talking kind of funny because he can't, his can't teeth are wired shut. Yeah. Right? So he had the billionaire. I had the other guy, the guy that was, he had a GM. So the dude that's head of GM was called Mr. A. Mr. A and Mr. C. So, so, so Mr. A, Mr. A says, Mike, I can't understand what he's saying. What's going on? I said he had his, his jaw broke, right? And his shit is wired shut, right? And he's like, huh, right? So the first hole. So we get to the third hole, and, and he keeps looking at the guy, Mark, and they're talking. So we're in the hole. We're back. We've got to go to the part, to the team on number four. And Mr. A says, so, uh, wow. So you got your jaw broke, right? He's like, dude, Mark's kind of big, man. That, that dude must have been pretty big, too. I said, I don't know. I yeah. didn't see it, right? So then he's still pondering. So we get to the fourth tee. And he says, so, uh, wow, did the guy break your teeth up and all that when he hit you, right? And before Mark is saying anything, I said, Mr. A, this shit was already fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mark looked at me and started shooting me away like a flying shut the fuck up. And the other guy, Mr. C, fell to one knee laughing. Oh, man, it, it's, it's just all kind of story. Oh, so I'm outside. Uh, well, I'm, I'm caddying, and I'm, I'm, I'm caddying for Bob Johnson and his son. Founder of BET. Founder of BET. We out there. So we're talking, right? He's like, you watch basketball? I said, yeah, sure, man. He's like, you know. So we get to talking. So it was just how he sold. So he's down to, say, maybe 20% interest. So he didn't sell all the interest. He sold the majority interest. Jordan. So he's talking about, yeah, that motherfucker got to write the checks now, right? The players, right? And we were laughing and joking and everything was cool. So then I, I just got to thinking, 
like about the fifth hole or something. I said, damn. Let me get this straight, right? I mean, you hang out with Michael Jordan. I said, yeah, man, I do. I said, well, damn. I know all the bitches be on him and shit. So, so you're sitting there, right? And you got more money than Mike. This is maybe, you know, like, like 2012. Yeah. Like, you got way more money than Mike, but you don't even, they don't even know hardly, people don't even know hardly who you are. I said, damn, the collateral pussy must be off the chain. What'd he say? He couldn't say nothing. He fell to one knee laughing. He was like, like snot bubbles was coming out of his nose. He was laughing so hard. Yeah. His son was looking at me like, you stupid. And I was like, hey, but you know, it's shit like that that's kind of funny. You know? When you and I met, we met in the caddy realm. And I always wonder if, you know, these nice golf clubs, if these members really know what goes on behind the scenes. And maybe they do. But there have been, like you said, some certifiable pieces of work. The first one that comes to mind is the shoe incident, which I believe you had a, a oh, front row seat. Oh, the shoe incident. Wow. That was, that was funny. So this dude named Jeff. So Jeff comes from a little bit of whatever. A little so, bit of scratch. Right, right. So anyway, so he had a whole lot of DUIs, and, but he never paid the ultimate price. He never had to go to jail. He never, you know. I know a guy that got three DUIs and did jail time twice on the right. three. And this brother got like 12 of them. He had one where he fucking was so drunk. He had four or five cars in it on his block on his way to his house, drove into his drive, into his driveway, went into the fucking middle of the, of the driveway, hit the lamp that's in the middle of the yard with his car, stumbled out the, uh, the car, right? And, and passed out right in the middle of the grass. The neighbors complained. There's a string of four or five hit cars. The police wake him up. Whatever. He does no jail time behind that shit. And it was like his eighth DUI. Unbelievable. But he's always having drinking problems. And, 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 and sometimes he was doing drugs too. So what he would do is, is so he wouldn't fuck up all his money, he would fuck around and he would put some money, like if he had a good day, he would put some of the money in his locker. At the caddy shop. At the caddy shop. Problem was the golf course is closed. And there's a thing, but of course he knew a code to get in. And the, in the caddy shack, there's always a window open. So he would, or so one time, a couple of times he broke a window and pretended like it wasn't him. After, after we figured out what was going on, we knew it was him. But he would, so he had to get into the caddy shack. But he would get into the caddy shack. And then a lot of time, after, by the time he'd get back to the caddy shack and drink some more, he would usually just pass out. And then when we get there early in the morning, he'd already be there first on the list, right? Yeah. But that's, that's how he would carry it. But, um, one day in particular, he was just out of his fucking mind. So I, what really happened was we went through the window to get into the caddy shack and we went back. You know, the caddies like got like like golf shoes all over the place. So when he came in through the window, he slipped on a shoe and bust his head on a bench and drew blood. Now he's drunk and his whole mentality like, Toddy's got them shoes everywhere. So he gathered up every shoe in the caddy shack at like three in the morning, and he went between the cart barn and the pro shack, 60, 75 feet from the caddy house. And he put all these motherfucking shoes in one spot, right? Went and siphoned some gasoline from his car. Put gasoline on these motherfucking shoes and lit them on fire with a bonfire. And the shit, you know, shoes got a lot of plastic and rubber. Yeah, rubber and oh, man. oils. Man, so I get there, it was a Sunday, it was a Saturday or Sunday morning. I get to the golf course, right? And it's like 15 caddies there already. And one of the caddies looked at me and says, hmm, whatever sneaker has a hope them motherfuckers you got on is waterproof. 
And I was like, what's that supposed to mean? And everybody starts laughing. I get to the caddy shack, right? And I can't find my golf shoes that were underneath my locker. I'm like, that's some shit, you know, I look, and I'm not noticing, right? And then I come back, I said, man, who the fuck got my golf shoes? I said, caddies, caddies are laughing at me, right? And they said, go over there by the cart barn, right? And I go by the cart barn, and there's this motherfucking mass of humanity. It's like, it must be, uh, it's a circle, 12 feet in diameter. And it's just a pile of fucking, and, and it stinks. It's like, you know, and I was like, what the fuck happened, right? And then also, there's a pile of shit, human shit. Next dude was like, as he's watching the fire, he takes a dump with his hands out, whatever, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, you didn't know that part, huh? Um, I so, mean, that's a shitty situation. A shitty situation. So I was like, what the hell is this? You know, what, what happened? And then everybody's speculating on who broke in and who did that shit, right? But some people were like, it was some kids from the neighborhood, other people, whatever, right? Man, this guy Jeff comes in, 9 o'clock or so, and he's got this yellow hat on, baseball type hat. Yeah. And the damn hat had soot prints for his face. <laughs> so, like, so this big old thing, like a big ass, all this shit, like a big ass burnt biscuit. Like sitting in front of the cardboard. And here come this motherfucker. With a soot covered hat. With a soot covered hat and fingerprints we put his thing in. So right away we know who did it and shit. Yeah. Like this one. Man. And that's when he got fired. We had this one dude named Ox. Ox lived out his truck and he would park the motherfucker like in the parking lot. He'd stay there at night. This motherfucker was homeless, but he even had a dog. He had a dog. That he, that he I lived forgot about there. that dog. Yeah, he man. That was the beginning of the end. Yeah, because that dog like nipped at somebody. Right. And, and, yeah, you know. like a Springer, a Springer Spaniel or something. But he had the dog, and the dog was, you know, and he lived in the parking lot, and he would just go get something to eat and come back and live in this. He had like a camper or some shit. But the funny thing about that, that was Jeff didn't like it. So Jeff, uh, one day went somewhere and bought a goddamn mailbox and he put the mailbox like out like going towards the golf course from the back of the camper so when golfers would go up they would see the mailbox in the post and they would have ox and they would have like like whatever uh, <laughs> you know just clearly making a mockery of this right situation. man it was like you know 6100 birdhead road <laughs> and then he's that ox on on the mailbox i was like you know that, was, that shit was funny man that was funny, but Ox also, he he was another one that would sneak into the caddy house after hours. Always first on the list the next day because he's living there. And it came to a head one day over a pot of coffee. Well, no, it came to, it was more than a pot of coffee. It was like, so some of the caddies, you know, they would, they would like maybe eat something, right? And fix something to eat and use some bowls and shit. And a lot of caddies, when they coming off the round, and you get cash every day. They pew, they gone, right? Well, they forgot that they cooked some food and shit. And now they got fucking di- dirty dishes. When they get that hundred, that two hundred dollars in their hand, they gone. They're they out forgot of there. all about that, about the dishes they left. Right. So, so you know, so Ox living in the caddy shack and shit, sneaking back in every night, watching TV all night and shit. And then he's first on the list every day because he's there. So some of the caddies weren't too happy with that. So one of the caddies come in, right? Uh, Mike Young, and Mike Young, old old hustler type brother, right? You know, oh yeah. He used to be uh, well, and he's a big gruff dude, and 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 he had some kind of 
like infection or rash one time, and the motherfucker looked the Tasmanian devil. The motherfucker looked just like the Tasmanian devil. I'd be like, here, Taz, here, Taz. Right? And, he, and, he, and he's kind of eruptable, too, right? He'll get mad and shit. Ornery. Ornery, that's the word. That's what. But anyway, so so Mike come in one day early, and he's like, get there at four in the morning, thinking you're going to be first on the list, and Ox is in that motherfucker's sleep, and the list is already started, and Ox is first started. And Mike is just mad, right? So he wakes Ox up, and the TV's on, and Ox is asleep. Right, because he's just been chilling the whole night. Right. So he, tell, he wakes Ox up, and says, the least you could do is, is clean up this motherfucking mess in the kitchen. And Ox told him, so motherfucker, I ain't do that shit. Right? Well, actually, actually he ran into the room in the kitchen in the kitchen area, and Mike was fixing some coffee, and and, uh, and, and Ox was mad because he woke him up. He was talking shit. I don't know. One thing led to another, and Mike took one of them coffee pots and busted him in his head with it. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> and next thing you know, you know, his blood air, and then he then he bum rushed him, and he and he had more of a you know whatever. And I don't know. I got to the golf course, and Mike Young was walking back and forth in the parking lot, holding his head like, "Oh man, I did something fucked up. I did something fucked up." So what'd you do? He said, "Man, I did something fucked up. I did something fucked up." So I was like, he told me what he did, and I was like, I can't believe that shit. So I went to the caddy house and checked out oxy. Sure enough, there's blood everywhere. <laughs> so I said, I'm gonna clean the blood up. So I cleaned the blood up. And I was talking to Oxy. Oxy said what he what he was gonna do. Nigga crazy. I'm a crazy. <laughs> I was like, you know, you know, you are a trifle motherfucker. You shouldn't be first on the list every day. So then I went back to Mike and I said, come on down to Caddy Hat. Just whatever. It, it'll it all You were the peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> How rough was that one? Because I'm not the peacemaker ever, hardly. I still I still enjoyed how you would push the boundaries because you have a very you have an overly practical view of the world. So the golf course that we caddied at, it had gnats. So they would like fly all in your face and, and everything. You would just have to use, let's say, like a deep based bug spray to even put a dent in it. Well, you went to an outdoor store. I went to I went to freaking uh uh Sunny Surplus in yeah. Bethesda. Yeah. And I got me a military style freaking a hat with a net on it and cover your whole face and shit. So the bugs didn't bother you anymore. Didn't bother me at all, right? But I think you got away with that for a round or two. Yeah, about less than a half a week. Charlie says, Charlie used to call me Mike Reedy instead of Mike Ray. And Mike Reedy, Mike Reedy, another dude, he used to caddy it right before me. Mike Reedy used to be a caddy master at Bethesda Country Club. Mike Reedy used to, like, when they, they had these tournaments, but they didn't have that many caddies. So what they would do is, they would call other country clubs when they had these big tournaments and get caddies. And they would pay you out the shop. They would pay you, like, 80 bucks out the shop. And then the people, you'd have a force, people could tip, tip. So if everybody tips you $20, plus the 80, that's 80 bucks for four people, plus the 80 you get out the shop, you got 160. You might make more. Some people tip you better. Some, you know, I, I've been tipped two, three hundred dollars plus the hundred, whatever out of the shop. Well, it wasn't really eighty out of the shop; it was a hundred out of the shop. He was just skimming off. He the was top. skimming twenty off every bag. Sometimes they didn't have as many as twenty-eight caddies, right? You got twenty-eight times twenty; you got five sixty, right? And the reason why I found this out is, I was still in the crack, at the beginning. I was in the crackhead phase still, so I went to this dude's house, right? And went to his house, his apartment. He was living up Wheaton in the ambassador. And I'm in there one day, and, and this dude, Mike Reedy, is in there joint. And he's got a 
rack of 20s and shit. And he's treating me, smoking crack, whatever. And then one time I got the call to go over, and then I figured, I was like, oh, because cause he gave me $100 in my envelope, but everybody else got 80 mm. And I was like, okay, I don't tell on him, you don't tell on me. So on the golf course, though, so you've given a lens into kind of the the background of what goes on behind the scenes of a caddy shack. But on the golf course, you provide an invaluable service. And isn't there, there's one story that comes to mind. Wasn't there a golf course where manufactured quite a few hole-in-ones? That wasn't actually me. This guy, Furman Simpson, Columbia Country Club had a short par four. But the problem was, it was like, it was like 200 and maybe from the, from the, from the white tees, it's like 220, 30 yard par three. Right, but the problem was the the green was on top of like a hill that must have been 110 feet high, and it had four bunkers on the thing. So, so you could drive the motherfucking green, but it, it's kind of hard. You kind of have to hit it into the hill in between the bunkers and let it bounce up. But if you drive, if you hit a, a three wood or something up there, it's not gonna hold the green. It's gonna roll off the green. So, but you can't see how it lands from the tee box. So the caddies get ahead. This guy named Farmer Simpson, he would just, like, once a week, right, he would just stay up by the green. And if he get get you convinced you to try to try to um, drive the green, right, you couldn't see it. He'd be up on the top of the hill. He'd catch that motherfucker and put it in the hole. <laughs> That's a hole in one. And he would play it off, too. You'd be like, because I've seen him do it. And we, I can't and, find it. Right, he can't find it. And then we'd be like, we even going to the point where the guy would go back and hit a provisional shot, whatever. And then we get back, we get the first motherfucker that putts. Like, oh shit, there's a ball in the hole. And did you did you play a Tylus one with, with a Tylus three with, with red red numbers? He's like, yeah, damn, he got a hole in one. And he used to do that shit like once a week. Like this motherfucker, I've caddied <laughs> twice for somebody that had a hole in one, three times for somebody that had a hole in one. In all those years, motherfucker Furman would get one a week. And everybody they get a hole in one, they tip the caddy well. I had um I had a I had a guy hit a hole in one at Columbia Country Club. And it was a par three. It wasn't it was a par three. He was an old dude at the time, right? And Paul played like 165 yards. He had to hit like a five wood. And he scolded. And the ball came off the bottom of the club. It was too much club to begin with. And it hit into the side of the hill, right? It scooted and it hit the pin. And it rolled up in the air and dropped back straight down in the hole. So if it hadn't hit the hole, the pin straight flush, it would have went a hundred yards past the hole. It just hit it perfectly. It, 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 it just it just hit it perfectly. One, one in a million shot. One in a million shot, right? And it's a hole in one. We sat there, we congratulated, we paid me or whatever, right? So now I had left that golf course and I came back and caddied that golf course maybe 10, 12 years later, right? And I had this dude, now he's really old. And he's like, he's only, he's only using the cart. And he's telling, and I'm out there on a round, right, with him. And he's telling the story of his hole in one. Well, it wasn't a five wood. And, and what it was, it turned into a seven iron, <laughs> lofted in the air, bounced <laughs> twice and rolled in the hole, right? And that's what he's telling people. Did and you I call him out? Him. Yeah, I called him out. I don't give a fuck. I'm Mike Ray. I said, Mr. Smith. Guy's name, he's probably dead now. George Smith. I said, Mr. Smith, do you you remember that only one? He said, yeah. I said, do you remember exactly how it went in the hole? He said, yeah, just as I told him. 
said, you remember who the caddy was? He said, uh, 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 and then he just stopped. He just looked at me, deadpan, right? <laughs> See, I was there. Do you want to tell that story right, or you want me to bust you the fuck out? And he says, that's all right, Mike, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was like, we want to hear the story, we want to hear the story. So you told, of course you told him. Of course I told him. I ain't even fuck. Yeah. I'm Mike Ray, man, you know. I mean, you know, what the fuck? Holding one is only one, no matter how I did it. I had a hole in three at Columbia. A hole in three? Hole in three. Never heard of a hole in three? No, what is a hole in three? Here's what a hole in three is, right? It's a par three over some water. I take the tee shot, and I hit that bitch in the water. Okay. Right? So, you get a penalty. So, I re-tee the motherfucker and hit a hole in one. Did you really? Yeah. I never do this. Yeah. So, now, it's not a hole in one. No. I mean, it's like a hole in one. It's a hole in three. So, you got a par. I got a par. (laughs) (laughs) I got a par. Just like we were talking out on the golf course, I said, if you could be guaranteed for the rest of your life that you could play bogey golf for the rest of your life, would you take it? Fuck yeah, I would take it. You know, I, shit, bogey golf out of par 70 is an 88. Man, but wouldn't I'll it get old? 93 times or three or four times in my life. But what, I'm taking under 90 every day. Okay, I'll take it. Wouldn't it get old after the 10th time? You know yeah. you're going to get a bogey. Let's say I you know hit I'm it. i get a bogey. So I do shit like hit the ball off a tree. Just because it's gonna be it's gonna be a bogey any goddamn way. Hit it backwards. Yeah, I do stupid <laughs> shit. You know, that's, well, it would make interesting to me. Oh, okay. Then All I right. would bet my fucking because I had some kind of curse on me, and no matter what I did on that full shot, it would go in. So, so I mean, oh, you know, oh, you'd play it like that. You'd do like a Tom Brady on the match. Right. You know, I, drain it from the. Yeah, drain the it from fairway. One hundred fifty yards out, and shit. You know, because I know I'm like out of curse. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get the bogey. So I, I mean the uh, the bogey. So fuck it. I'm lying for 160 yards away. I, I bet I drain this. Give me 20 to one odds. And then it just goes in. I, oh, I would be credit with it. You know, just Mike Ray all the way. Hey, man. Some MRS. MRS, man. It's kind of like, you know, that, that old shit about a, a, a genie. And you get, the, or a genie, you get three wishes. Yeah. Man, every third wish would be three more wishes. Doesn't that make you the genie, though? Isn't that, isn't that the rule? What? Don't you become the genie. When you make that wish of my third wish is for three more wishes. I never heard that rule. I'm just like, I'm going to pimp that shit. You know, I'm going to pimp that shit harder than candy in a, in a kindergarten and shit. Had this caddy. Bradley was a big dude, about six four, six five, And he had a brother. Brother had to be six eight, Red-eyed, scary-looking motherfucker. Look like, like, like the alter ego of West Unsell. And, uh, rest like, in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, yes. Right. So anyway... And he was, he was dark, and anyway, he had like size 16 shoes. He was like Herman Munster in black. He had kind of like a little hunchback. He was a scary motherfucker, right? But for some reason, he liked me. So we used to hang out and shit, right? Like, because he, he was in charge of the carts. So he didn't really caddy much, the, the brother, but anyway. But uh, Bradley, Bradley used to caddy congressional all the time. And he got, uh, he got a run of congressional. Turns out, he had some members that liked him. And one time, a member went out and it wasn't that much play. And he's friends with Bradley and they didn't give Bradley the round. So the member said, yo, Bradley, man, I'll give you like 40 bucks, right? I'll give you 40 bucks in cash and I'll give you $20. Go take my car to a car wash so when I finish the round, right? You know, whatever. You know, my car will be clean and all that. And that way you'll make some money today. Right. So Bradley took the car, right? And the motherfucker never came back. 
It was a Cadillac. It's like in the it's like in the early eighties, late seventies, whatever. Just took it for a joyride. A joyride that never ended. They finally arrested <laughs> that motherfucker and caught him like seven, eight days later in Southeast DC, you know, with this with this with this Cadillac and shit. But he ended up going to jail, the whole nine yards, right? And then he can't go to congressional anymore. So so that's the backdrop on, on Bradley. I don't know what he was thinking when he did that, but whatever. So me and Bradley finished some rounds. And I was living off Georgia Avenue. The Chevy Chase Country Club is right almost in the DC line. So you walk down to this place called Magruder's on Connecticut Avenue. And there's an e-bus that goes across the Georgia right. Avenue. So me and Bradley, you know, we, we walk down from the country club and we come catch the bus and we start the it was a Saturday, but they had taste testing. So we fuck around and taste tested. We got as much free liquor as we could. Then we bought a six pack of Something apple apple cider, but the apple cider was like six percent. It was it's kind of whatever. So we sitting on the corner at the bus stop next to the C, in between the CVS and the Magruders waiting on the bus. Right. And here come and and um and from behind us, right, comes a motorcycle cop up the alley, big DC's black, finest. Right. So I said, Bradley, put down those motherfucking cider, right? Man, fuck this shit. Ain't with some five, fucking five or six percent. <laughs> what the fuck, right? So so the cop. <laughs> So I, I put the beer away, with a side away. And the cop rolls by, he gets to the corner of Connecticut and McKinley, and there's a mailbox there. He leans, he, he puts the bike, the uh, the motorcycle next to the thing, and he comes back at us. And he's a big dude, he's about 6'2", about 240, 250, and he's like slew-footed, and he's walking towards his right, and he gets to Bradley. And by this time, Bradley said, fuck it, and puts his, and puts his uh, the drink into the bag. And the cop says, hey, were you drinking? When I went past him, were you drinking? And Bradley says, no. He says, motherfucker, I saw you drinking. Says, what else? He says, motherfucker, you probably put it in this thing right here. And he reached down to um, to grab the, uh, the, the beer, the, Bradley, the side of Bradley's drinking, and Bradley slapped his hand away. So I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. It's about to go left. Oh, it went left real quick. So the, the most of the cop was like, you know, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? You know, goddamn, what you want. All right, you two, get up. Get against the wall. So they put us against the CVS wall. It's like 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. We on, you know, and it's we're on Front Street. It's like people people are walking their kids and dogs. and It's like, you know, we're on this place. Two black guys with our hands against the bricks on CVS and Bradley's, and Bradley's running his mouth. Motherfucker, why you fucking with us? Ain't nobody no 6%. Blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, at some point, at one point, Bradley says, this is when Sandra Levy, that thing was going on. Bradley says, man, why are you fucking with us? Don't y'all have unsolved murders you need to solve? And the dude looked, I looked at Bradley like, you went there? Man, at that point, the cop cuffed us, right? And then he went to his bike and he radioed in and the paddy wagon came. He picked up Bradley, but he didn't pick up me. How'd you get out of that one? I didn't do nothing. I did I just I kept my mouth shut the whole time. Bradley just kept running his mouth. And 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 they took him to jail, right? And charged him whatever, but they left the fucking the six pack. So I scooped up the six pack and whatever, right? And so I didn't see him for two days. When when he showed up at two two days later, he said I snitched on him and shit. I was like, I ain't snitched on nothing. Your dumb ass just pressed the motherfucker. To the point of no return. Yeah, I'm like, you know, you did you have to say that? If you had said nothing to him, said sorry, officer, probably would have just said, 
Y'all know you need to cover up. Just don't drink it out here in front of you. Yeah, that's what was said. Been said. But no, Bradley had to go way the other way. He had to, he had to take it all the way, huh? Yeah, I was gonna kill Bradley one time. I was on the golf course, and I was a hole ahead of him. And there's this um, this is par three, but it's down here. It's about 140 yards or whatever. And Bradley's the kind of caddy, right? He don't really inter- I mean, he he been around the golf course for he older than me forever, but he's scared. There's certain caddies that that like the, the members say, "Yo, how far you think? How far is this hole? You give me yard, 153. Well, how far do you think it plays? 165. Well, what club do you think I need? Or or they'll or they'll suggest a club. They'll say, "Well, can I get a seven iron there? Right? So now it's up to you to say, "Yeah, yeah that'll no. work," or "No," right? Well, Bradley's one of them caddies like. And there's a lot of caddies like that. They're like, they don't never want to, whatever the members Yeah, they want to disagree. They don't want to disagree because they figure it'll fuck their tip up if, if the club is wrong. Well, I wasn't that kind of guy, but Bradley is. So I'm out there, right? And I'm with my guys at the tee, right? And we're sitting there and the guys say, because the next hole is kind of a funny hole. Because if you hit two, you can't drive the green as part four, but there's a burn of water in right. front of the hole and it, it's heavy. And if you hit it too far, it'll roll into the water. So you don't need to hit driver off the tee. You got to hit like five with or something off the tee. But, so anyway, but anyway, so we're sitting there. So we, so I'm at the tee debating what, a whole, what club to hit for my two golfers. And all of a sudden, bam, in between the golfers on the tee and me, motherfucking ball hits the ground and bounces up. I look back at the last hole, and this motherfucker Bradley got his hands like, well, I don't know. You know, and I, man, I was like, that's because they hit too much club. And you smart enough to know that they had too much club, but you don't want to say nothing all the time. You can get motherfuckers killed. Yeah. But the main part was he never yelled for or anything. It just happened to land in between. Actually, there was I had I had two carts. It actually hit the it hit the ground and they hit the underside of the cart on one bounce. So what'd you do about it? Man, I was mad as shit. I was yelling this, but I ain't I ain't nothing. I waited because since I'm gonna hold ahead of him, I waited on it. This dude had to be 6'4", 225, 230, right? Man, I wanted, man, when he came in off his round, I had a five on. And I was threatening to, bra- to brain his ass with that five on. I'm like, you put me at risk. You couldn't even yell four. You a bare ass motherfucker. This dude from Antigua named Shelly, he had to pull me off. He was like, dude, you can't say, you can't do this. You're going to get, you run away. You're going to lose your job over this motherfucker. You already know, Brad. Look at how he walks. He's slow. Everything he does is slow. He talks slow. He thinks slow. So what are you expecting? By the time he figured out that the ball was overhit, overcooked, as they call it, it took too much time for him to transfer the thought. Like I said, he's so slow that he fucking cussed out the police and got arrested in D.C. for that, you know, for that shit. So, but but he was funny, to, you know, because I remember one time him and this guy, they had a beef. And they had both old, both old Corbin, Bradley was tall and dark and Corbin was light, light skinned, short and fat. And they both like over 65. And they got the yelling and shit. And, and Bradley had this thing about he gave you the bullhead, he called it. Where he'd go up in the go up bullhead. In the, the bullhead. He like, you know, like, I'm gonna just go up in your ass. He okay. Bullhead, right? Okay. And he was, him and Corbin was going back and forth. And Bradley said, quote, Fuck, shut the fuck up, you little fat motherfucker. I will stick the bullhead in you and have you preg- nine months pregnant in 15 minutes. Damn. <laughs> yeah. That Strangest is, that is quite, quite an insult. Wow. 
And I was like, wow. <laughs> I had you 15, I had you nine months pregnant in 15 minutes. minutes. Wow. <laughs> like, so when you look back on your career as a caddy, if you could summarize it in a few sentences, what would you say? Bunch of motherfuckers trying to get paid for for, for service of people. Um, yeah, I, but for those two, for that two sentences, that's it. But it's way deeper than that because every every country club had their own different thing. Like the members are, are, are something. Most of them don't want any help. You're just a bag to that Chevy Chase. They barely want yardage. They might want yardage. They don't want your input on which way you think the, the, the putt is breaking. They don't want none of that, right? They just want you to shut up, carry the tote the bag, and be cool, right? You know, that's that's all they want, right? But then other country clubs like Columbia or like Burning Tree, motherfuckers want you to, well, how far do you think it is? Is there win? They want they want you to do everything but swing the club for them. Or I had one guy who used to just tell me, just put the club in my hand. Just give me the even, club. I just give me the club. I'm not even gonna look at it. At the end of the at the end of the shot, I'm gonna look and see what you gave me. It was like that. And that was kind of fun to caddy because I'm like, I'm involved in the match and all that. You know, what do you think I ought to do here and whatever? And, you know, so it's like the Chevy was one of the places where, you know, you, you basically had no, you know. And as I started caddying, I started understanding who could really play, who couldn't really play. And I mean, I mean, today, man, I, I kind of shocked myself. I, I suck hitting the ball for T and all that. But, man, I did not score one wedge. I hit every every pitch shot. I was my, 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 um, my calibration was off, but I had every wedge shot at the pin, and I just couldn't figure out because I got four wedges in my bag, which wedge to hit to for a different length. But every shot was straight. It was high in the air. It stopped on a dime. I was like, and I ain't played but once in the last five years, and 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 I hit the ball well off for my that, and I putted well too. I three putted one green. We had a great time. Yeah, we both played. You know, okay. And I can't wait to do it again. I can't either. I shot. Yeah. I'm like, I could probably break a hundred. I mean, I, I first time in, I, I was I was shocked to hit the ball that well. The other thing was I I was swinging like 65. percent I didn't swing very hard, so I should have took way more club on every shot. But I was just trying to hit the ball straight and not lose a bunch of them. Because I think I think the first hole I had an eight, second hole I had a six, then I settled down. Yeah. So in short, you know, uh, I had a good time this morning. Doing a little podcast, and you know, maybe, uh, hey, for everybody, peace in the Middle East. I'll check y'all out next week.
Thank you.